Welcome to Behind the Black Curtain, an inspiring podcast that follows the story of Nikki Rowland's incredible journey. Join Nikki as she inspires other single women and single moms to be courageous and continue to persevere through their own life journey. Together, we will learn from Nikki's success and struggles as we create a tribe of women committed to finding freedom from their past, purpose in their present, and unlocking the potential for the future. Welcome to Behind the Black Curtain. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Black Curtain. It's your girl, Nikki. And really quick, I need to give a shout out to all of the kings that are listening to this podcast. I got checked last week, y'all. Somebody reached out to me on Instagram and he was like, we're going to need you to do a little what's up, ladies and gentlemen, because the men are listening to the podcast, too. And he's absolutely right. I really appreciate you guys so much. The men have really been reaching out, giving me their thoughts. Um, just giving me encouraging words and telling me to continue to push forward and to continue this podcast. So Kings, y'all are welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and being here with us. I appreciate each and every person that tunes in every week, each and every person that has been sharing my podcast, especially when you're sharing on social media. I am just so grateful and I thank you guys so much. It gets a little overwhelming sometimes when I sit back and I just think about the support just because this is something that I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure I should be doing this, but I did it out of obedience. But this is really taking me out of my comfort zone. So again, I know the stories are juicy, but the goal here is to uplift and help to guide you guys through your own journey and just to be an example of what it looks like to continue to persevere and to just know that despite what you're going through, you can make it through. I know (laughs) life can beat us down, but we can make it through. So with that being said, let's get into today's story time last week I left you guys with a cliffhanger and I told you I said make sure you come back next week when I start sharing my story about how I low-key got deported (laughs) and as I tell this story you guys are going to understand why I'm saying low-key but don't get it twisted your girl was locked out of the country for nine months with her kids okay what I decided to do I'm going to start with my childhood it only makes sense I'm going to start with the childhood and then I'll lead up to how I ended up out of the country. So I was born in Belize, Central America. I was brought to the United States with my grandmother at the age of two. When my grandmother came to the country um, with me, we were in California. We were in LA. And at some point, she took me to Chicago where my parents were. And I began living with my parents. Now, both my parents are from Belize as well. So both sides of our family are Belizean. Okay. I grew up in America as an illegal immigrant. Did I know I was an illegal immigrant as a child? No, I didn't know anything like that, right? Um, Growing up with immigrant parents, like we would speak Creole in the house and I would speak English uh, when I went to school. Being that we came to, and when I say we, I have my my brother as well that was in the same situation, but... um, Being that we came to America at such a young age, you know, you just pick up the language, right? And so we were able to flip flop, you know, like when we're home, we're speaking Creole, we're speaking, you know, our language, our native language with our parents. And then as soon as we step out the door and we're hanging out with friends or we're going to school or whatever, we are some American kids. (laughs) 
<laughs> so growing up undocumented as a child, I didn't know anything different, right? I just, I knew my family was not from here, but as far as like the legal side of things went, I had no idea what was going on. So, you know, we went to school, we had our friends, we did everything as normal. <clears throat> as I grew up, I believe I was in high school closer to like getting ready to graduate high school. And I was just talking to my mom about like what I want to do after high school. I want to do this, that I want to go do, you know, and that's when she brought it up to me like, yeah, well, you don't have your papers. So you're not going to be able to do these things because then it's basically it's like raising a red flag. And, you know, if they find out that you don't have your stuff, then you're going to be deported. So if you can't, if you can imagine just hearing that. It just changed the trajectory of my life and the plans that I had for my life. With that being said, it was then it became a matter of, OK, so then how do I get my papers? And then this is where the story comes in, where I find out that my father was my father was a citizen. So although he was from out of the country, at some point, my father had became a citizen. OK, my father uh, had filed for my mother, me and my brother for us all to be able to become legal residents in the country. The relationship between my father and my mother was not a healthy relationship at all, okay? It was very toxic. It was a very abusive relationship. With that, the process was not completed. So I, at one point, I my mother did show me the paperwork where he had filed for everything. And I believe it had came up to a point where we were supposed to go in and do the interview and then everything would have been finalized. But he did not complete that process. The story that I was told is that my father felt like once my mom became legal and got her papers that she would leave him. And because of that, he did not go through with it. But because of that mindset, his kids are also now punished because now you have two minors that are dependent on you and they're dependent on you finishing this process so that when they grow up in this country that y'all brought them to, they can work and be productive and go to school and do all the things that they, they need to do. But the process was not completed. So the paperwork is sitting there, but you got these kids now that don't have anything. My father passed away when I was 19. So there goes that. <laughs> there goes him filing, completing anything for me. That's washed out and gone. My mother, um, at that point, she still didn't have her, her, she still wasn't documented. So the only other option now is to marry someone that is a citizen, or you could do someone that's a legal resident, but that process will take so much longer, right? If you marry a citizen, it's much faster. <sighs> okay. So this is where y'all are going to learn how Nikki's mind is. <laughs> that was a no for me. Okay, now the typical person, I believe, would have been like, oh, okay, well then I need to go find me somebody to get married so I can get my papers, I can do this and that and I can be good, right? I have always moved in a manner where I don't want to be with somebody and I don't want to be tied to someone if I don't actually feel connected to this person. I don't want to marry you if I don't feel like I love you, you know, and I, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what you're driving. I don't care what your status is. To me, I, I've never been turned on by that. And it, even to this day, I'm still not turned on by that. But I feel like it's to a fault because... <laughs> 
because I'm like, you know, if you think about it, it's like, girl, you could have been, you, you could have got your stuff like right out of high school. I honestly could have. I had somebody that wanted to marry me. Um, But when I was dating this guy, there was just certain things that were like red flags for me where I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't care. Like I'm just going to stay under the radar because I really honestly believe that I was going to come across the man that was actually meant for me. Somebody that I was going to actually be in love with. He's going to be in love with me and we're going to get married and then he can do this process for me. Right. Right? And that I don't have to remarry. That was where my mindset was from a very young age. And so I had somebody I was dating in high school and he had went off into the military. But before he went into the military, he was a really, really sweet guy. But before he went into the military, there was a particular thing that he did that just stood out to me. That was like a hell, a heck no. <laughs> we're not gonna get married. Like it just immediately turned me off. And I'm just telling y'all what it was. So and see. I'm just going to let you guys know this right now. This story is going to be a couple parts, okay? Because as I tell the story, there are certain things that are coming back to me and I feel like it's important for me to add it in there, okay? So I was dating him and we were walking to my house one day. Um, he, You know, he he used to hang out with my brother and my, my, my cousins and their friends and whatnot. And I remember making a joke to him now. Y'all, I got a smart mouth. I'm going to say that right now, but it's not in a way to like hurt people. I, I just like to be funny and I'm very sarcastic. Okay. I'm very sarcastic. Um, and I said something and I just thought it was funny because I really be thinking I'm the funniest girl out here sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> I start laughing and this man smacks the crap out of me in my back. Like his hand just Bang, just hit me in my back. Mind you, y'all, back when I was in high school, even up until I graduated high school, I probably weighed 105 pounds at most, okay? It didn't matter how much I ate. It did not matter. Like, I could not put on weight. So I was a tiny little thing. Now, I'm only 5'3", okay? 105 pounds. Think about how tiny that is. He smacked the crap out of my back, right? And he tried to laugh it off. For me, that was it, I don't, I don't care if you're saying, oh, I was just playing with you or I'm sorry, whatever. No, like because of what I grew up seeing, because I saw physical abuse in the home, I had always, always promised myself there is no way, no way on God's green earth I will ever be with a man that will put his hands on me. There's no way. Y'all better lock me up. (laughs) You better lock me up first. So just with that, to me, that went off, alarms went off like, no. If you stay with him after this, he is going to think that it's okay. Like now he's starting it off as a joke, but as time continues, at some point, this this guy is going to think that it's okay to actually put his hands on you. That's really where my mind went. Now I could have been wrong. I could have been wrong, but because of what I grew up seeing, I just knew like, I'm not going to tolerate this. So just, I I stayed in the relationship with him. I mean, he never did anything like that again, but I was just so turned off that I knew that it was not something that would progress into marriage. So that is why when I was dating this guy and he wanted to get married so bad, I I just could not bring myself to do it. Now, did I know I needed my stuff? Yeah, I had even told him what my situation was and he wanted to help me with that, you know, and he's in the middle. So I'm sure the process would have went quickly, but I could not bring myself to do it. And this is where I feel like my morals are to a fault sometimes, y'all. I really feel like they hold me back. 
Um, but it is what it is. So I went throughout my adult years not being documented. You know, I just felt like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So eventually here comes my ex-husband and he comes into my life. I tell him the story and whatnot. And when he had proposed to me, I knew right then at that time, like, yeah, I want to marry this person because it was amazing. The relationship was amazing. He was super loving. He was every he was like everything that a woman wants. The attention, the the love, the support, the everything, right? But once that ring got on my finger and we were engaged, it was like after that I started seeing I started seeing things in him that I was like, "No." But at that point, I'm already living with him, right? I'm already out there in LA. I'm living with him and it's like, well, what do I do now? So I did not have any intentions on marrying him. <laughs> it's out there <laughs> because I was just like, no, I'm seeing things where this man has issues with his ex and like it's the baby mama drama. I don't have time for that. Like I am a no, I, I don't, I don't bring drama to anybody. Okay. I don't bring drama when I am done with my relationship. I'm dusting my hands off. Your girl is done. I do not care who you're with. I don't care who you date. I don't care. I don't care. So I never understood women that can't let go and they want to, you know, start all this drama and they want to. I, I just never got it. And he was dealing with that with his ex and they have a child together. So it's just like, yo, this is a lot. Um, I saw some other things in, within the family that just was like, I'm not comfortable with. And so at that point, I'm already pregnant and I'm like, OK, so I'm going to stay here with him. I'm, you know, raising our kids or whatnot, but I knew that I didn't want to get married. I just knew that that marriage would fail just because of what I had already seen. But it was one of those situations where it's like, I'm not going to get married, but I guess I can stay in a relationship if that makes sense. Okay. So I want to pause really quick and I want to insert a little life lesson because of course we're learning as we're going here, right? This lesson that I'm about to give. This can be for the men as well. But ladies, I am really speaking to you all. I do not know what the age demographic is for my listeners. So some of you have may have already become hip to this. And some of you may be still in the process of learning. But if you are a woman, let me preface it with this. If you are a woman who knows that at some point you want to be married, you want someone to be like, that is mine, that is my wife, this is definitely for you. If you're someone that is okay with being in situationships and being a girlfriend for the rest of your life, then this may not apply to you. But ladies that know you want to be a wife at some point, I'm going to tell you this. Do not move in with any man nor get pregnant for any man unless he has married you. Not put a ring on your finger, not just propose and get engaged to you because as we all know, sometimes that is just something to shut you up in the meantime. But someone that actually marries you. Outside of that, do not move in and do not get pregnant for this person. Why am I saying this? When we move in and especially when you get pregnant, you end up compromising so much. 
Why? Because now you're in a vulnerable place. Even when you move in, you become vulnerable and things that you would not necessarily tolerate or things that would typically be a flag for you, we tend to start to ignore them or we excuse them and we say things like, oh, well, it's not that bad. I guess, you know, at least he's not doing this and at least he's not doing that. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening is a couple years down the road, it could even be a year down the road, it becomes something where you end up resenting this person because why? You have lowered your standards, you have lowered your boundaries, and you start accepting less than what you know you want and you deserve because you put yourself in a compromising position. Just like what I did where I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Because I knew going back to my mom was not an option and I got a baby in the belly. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, I'm not happy. And I know this ultimately, this is not what I wanted for myself, but I guess it's not that bad. I guess we can work through this. And so I want to give you ladies and gentlemen, something to think about. You put yourself in such a vulnerable place in such a compromising position. When you do this, when you are able to sit outside and look in you have a clearer view and perspective of what's going on. And I don't think I have to say this, but I'm going to say it. When you add sex to any situation, it makes things so much harder, to be honest. Like, yeah, you may be enjoying the act, but we tend to forget how powerful sex is. We tend to forget how spiritual that act is. And we start forming these soul ties with people that you probably had no business being with. You start forming soul ties with a person and you start thinking that their light is shining brighter than it actually is because you're caught up in the hormones and the emotions and it just compromises everything. So I just had to throw that in there. Y'all do with your lives, whatever you want to do, but your girl just had to throw that lesson in there. So now this is, we're going to start getting into the part where we're, you know, we're getting closer to the deportation. <laughs> now, I want to tell this story in a way where I don't tell somebody else's story, but I have to bring in bits of it. There was something that happened with my brother and my brother had gotten to like, you know, a little issue with uh, immigration. And when they had pulled, this is the story that was given to me. Okay. I was given a call from my mother and my aunts and whatever. And they were like, you know, your brother is dealing with some stuff with immigration and when they pulled his information up they pulled your information up or your name came up and now they're wondering where you are and y'all I'm gonna just tell you this right now as I tell this story I'm just like I don't even know when I think about it today I don't even know how true that was um that they pulled up his name and then my name popped up I don't know but (laughs) this is what I was told and they kept calling and saying like hey so you need to you need to go ahead and get married and get your papers start getting that worked on because they're looking for you and I'm now I'm like freaking out like oh my gosh like what's going to happen and whatever right so what do I do I don't have a choice you know I'm already with this man we have kids and I got this ring on my finger I'm like I guess might as well go ahead and get married you know because what am I going to do get deported now and I have my kids here so It was one of those things where it's like, I'm now doing what I said I would never do, but I felt like my hands were tied. And so 
I figured we can work this out. Like the relationship ain't too bad. Like, I guess we can figure this out. You know what I mean? It's not what I wanted, but we can figure this out. So we went and did a quick marriage. Like we went to the courthouse, got married and that was that. And I'm going to share that story another time because that was something else. So we went ahead, we got married, and we started the process with the paperwork. Now, when we started this process, typically when you're dealing with immigration, you have a, an immigration lawyer to help you with the documents and help you understand what the law is and what the process is and whatever. And plus, you don't have to worry about filing all those papers on your own. And I'm going to say this right now for anybody that knows somebody that's dealing with immigration or if you may be dealing with it yourself, don't do that on your own. Okay. PSA, <laughs> public service announcement. Please do not try to go through that process on your own. Unfortunately, guess who did it on her own? your girl here. My ex-husband was saying to me like, yeah, I don't want to pay those attorney's fees. So we can just actually uh, print out the papers and fill it out on our own. We can do it on our own. We don't, we don't need to pay anyone. Mind y'all, I wasn't working. Like he's the breadwinner. He took care of everything. Right. So, okay. So I go and I fill out the paperwork. I send everything in that they said, send in all the money that they're asking for. And it took a while before we got a response back. I can't really remember how long that process took, but when they finally responded, I get a letter in the mail and the letter says documents that I sent in was approved. And now the next step is for me to go back to my country to do an interview at the embassy there, the U.S. embassy there, and then I can come back as a legal resident. I thought this was kind of strange because one, my mom had just got hers done probably a year or two before me and she never had to leave the country, okay? Um, my brother was now in the process of getting his completed and nobody was telling him to leave the country. But guess what Guess what the difference was with them and with me? Mm -hmm. They had an attorney. <laughs> I didn't have an attorney. So because they had an attorney, they their attorney knew the loophole with that. They knew like, okay, you actually only need to pay, say, say it's a $1,500 fine. You pay this and then you don't have to leave. You can stay here while the, these papers are still being processed. But because I didn't have an attorney, I didn't know these things. And so I see this paper and I'm like, oh, hell, like what do I need to leave the country for? And he was like, oh, I think it's, you know, my ex-husband's like, I think it's the new law. Like, that's probably how they're doing it. And I'm like, but I don't understand. So I call immigration myself. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, so I got this letter, uh, form number, whatever, whatever. And this is what it's saying to me. And I don't understand. Like, why am I leaving the country? I said, I grew up here. Where am I supposed to, like, why would I be doing an interview there? And she goes, well, yeah, but you still, that's where you were born. So you have to leave. You do your interview process there. And then they stamp your passport and you come back in. And I'm just like, huh. Okay, so, you know, she just sounds very nonchalant, like it's not a big deal, you know, that's, this is how we do it, and so I just like, all right, so I get off the phone, and I tell him, and he's like, all right, bet, so you know what, you haven't, he was like, you don't even know the country, because you haven't been there since you were two, let's make a vacation out of it, because he, you know, prior to that, he would go on a regular, um, 
So he was like, let's make vacation out of it. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to party. We're going to, we're going to make a week out of it. Right. So like when, when is your appointment day? And we're going to schedule around that. And so I was like, oh, bet <laughs> I'm going to go to paradise and <laughs> I am cracking up because I'm like, I really thought I was about to go to paradise, live that life, you know, be a whole tourist in my country go get legalized and then come back and life is grand. Um, and that's really not what happened. So we book our flights and we got everything planned out and whatnot. And we have our kids and we're telling them like, okay, mommy and daddy are going to go to Belize and we're going on a little vacation. Y'all are going to stay with Nana and, you know, we're going to come back and whatever. And everybody's like, okay, y'all. The day of my flight, that flight was like early in the morning. We had to fly out of LA to Houston. And from Houston, it takes us to Belize. I will never forget that morning. Now we have gone, we have gone away before. We have flown before and my kids have never worried about it. It's like, oh, bye mommy, daddy. It's not a big deal. This morning, this particular morning, I just knew something wasn't right. So we're getting ready to leave and we call the kids. We have three of them at this point, right? And we're like, hey, so we're, mommy and daddy are going to the airport now. We're going to take you to Nana. Let's pray. I always, I always pray over our travels. So I'm praying. And when I'm done praying, my daughter is crying. My daughter is like the G in the family, okay? She's like, <laughs> she is like, She's not the, she's not emotional. She's not, not that she's cold hearted, but she's just not an emotional type of person. Like she's just really chill, mellow, mellow, level headed. Right. She starts crying and like, I don't want you to go. And I was like, girl, like what, what's, what's wrong? I'm just going to go. We're going to come right back. It's not a big deal. Like we've done this before. And she's like, no, I just don't want you to leave. Like she's crying and everything in me, y'all mothers, mothers, and it could be fathers too. Like, you know when something is not right, you know, and for my child to be crying like that, and this is not typical of her to be worried like that. I'm just like, I just felt uneasy, but I was like, I shook it off. I was like, it's going to be fine. Cause I'm praying over myself. Like, God, this is going to be okay. Right. So we go and we drop them off at their Nana's and then we head to the airport. Um, when I get to Houston that's when they asked for the passport and I give her my passport and I don't know if this, it may not have even been intentional. It could just be me just reading energy at that moment. But when she took my passport, she looked at it and she looked at me like something in my stomach felt sick. Like I just felt like something wasn't right. I get on the plane and I just felt like something wasn't right. So I get on this plane and I'm just like, he's excited. Like, oh, we about to go here, about to go there. I'm like, okay. And so <laughs> I'm just trying to chill out. Um, we get there. Everything is good. I can't remember if we were there like two days before the appointment. We probably were there almost the full week before the appointment. I think that's what it was. I think we booked it so that we could be there. So we could be there about a week before the appointment or at least like four days. And then it would be the appointment day and then we'll leave like the day after or two days after it was something to that effect so we were there for a few days and we were all over the place and just meeting people and you know just all over the place having fun 
And then the day of my appointment came, but let me back up. Prior to that, they had me go do a medical exam. So you have to get your medical exam done. You're going to get x-rays. You're going to get um, a physical done. I don't remember if I had to get like some kind of shots or whatever. Um, but I had I got all of that done because I had to take all of that information into the embassy with me. So the day of the embassy, we go and there's like so many people there. My gosh, there's so many people just waiting, right? Um, people lined up outside, people inside the building. And I get there um, and I'm just waiting uh, for them to call my number. And it's just a room with these chairs lined up in there and these windows in front of you, like a bunch of windows with people sitting behind each one. It's like going to the DMV, but they have windows, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so they call my number and I go up with all my documents. I got everything I need. I'm excited. Like, yes, about to stamp this. We're about to go. And I get to the window and this woman is so like, just stank. I'm going to just be honest. She was just just rude. And I experienced a lot of that when I was out there. I'm going to be honest with y'all. When I tell y'all this story, when we get deeper into this, baby, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Ain't no shade to my people. I'm just being honest with what I experienced out there. But she was just very cold, right? So I'm like, hi, I'm just giving her my stuff. And she's like, where's this? Where's that? Like, just real nasty. And I'm just whatever, girl. Like, I'm just going to give her her stuff so she can stamp me and get me the heck up out of here. And she was like, how did you get there? And I said, oh, my grandmother took me. And then she goes, well, how did you get into the country? I was like, well, I really don't know necessarily, but I just know my grandmother took me into the country. And she goes, well, you don't have any documents showing how you got into the country. And I was like, no. And she goes, well, then I can't stamp you to leave. And I was just like, what do you mean? And she goes, because you went into the country illegally. So now you're going to have to go through, oh my God, I can't remember what this process is called, but there's another process that I now have to go through. I have to file even more paperwork, pay even more money to now see if America will allow me back into the country because now I'm being penalized for what my grandmother did what my people did <laughs> for them bringing me into the country illegally as a child I'm not being penalized for it because she says to me because you should have left and came back once you turned 18 girl what I said come come back to what I was like I don't know this country I grew up there like what was I supposed to come back to I don't even know my family here like I did not even know anyone there and she goes yeah well that's just the process y'all this lady tells me that I'm going to have to stay there and file the papers and then wait for a response I cannot leave the country until I get a response I asked her I said how long does this usually take she said it can take up to five years. Oh my God. I can literally feel tears coming in my eyes right now. Like when I tell you it was like somebody knocked the wind out of me. I stood at that window and I started bawling. Like I was crying uncontrollably. You're telling me my children are in America. My children are not even here. 
you're telling me that I'm probably going to have to sit here for five years. And guess what? To make it even worse, it's not even a guarantee that they're going to let me back in. Like they may say no. I didn't care who was around me. I didn't care who was watching. I, I cried like a baby. I just stood there like limp. My body was limp and I am bawling. And I told her, I was like, this is unfair. Like I didn't take myself there. She was like, I know I understand. Now she's trying to be nice. Okay. Now she got a little compassion going because I'm bawling my eyes out, but I don't even care at this point. And she goes, I understand. She said, this is what killed me. <laughs> she said, but you should have never left. Like you should have finished the paperwork there. Y'all, it's taking every, everything in me to not cuss right now. I said, they told me to leave. They told me I had to come here to do my interview. She goes, um, yeah, no. She was like, they, they'll tell you that if you call. But if you have an attorney, then your attorney knows that you can just pay the fee and you can finish it while you're there. Yo, oh my gosh. Everything is running through my mind. The fact that my ex, my husband at the time, wanted to be cheap, okay? Because that's really what that was. Like, I don't want to pay these fees. It wasn't going to break the bank, but it was, it was, it was some hefty fees, right? But he didn't want to pay that. So it's like, no, let's do the paperwork on our own. Meaning, Nicole, you go and print out the paperwork. You fill out the stuff. You send it in. I'll just sign where I need to sign. And because of that, I am now being punished. Not and, and again, it's because of that, because of just because of other people's decisions and the way people have chosen to do things. I'm now feeling the brunt of this and my heart is literally breaking as I'm standing there. Like all I can keep thinking is my kids, my kids, my kids were so little. Ooh, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry on here, but my kids were so little and I just know like, I just saw them a few days ago and you're telling me I'm probably like, I don't even know I'm gonna, when I'm going to see them again. And so my ex is standing there and he was like, but I'm a citizen. And she goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like she, because she left the country, we can't let her go back in. So that is a lesson to whoever. <laughs> that is a lesson to any of you that again, if you may be going through the immigration process or you know somebody that is or will have to deal with this, y'all get an attorney, okay? Get an attorney, get an attorney, get an attorney, get an attorney. I can't say it enough. Pay what you need to pay. Um. So yeah, she's like, what I suggest is if you can get a letter just saying that the kids are in distress and they're stressed out because their mom isn't there and they need their mom to come back and this, that, whatever. And if you can get a a, a letter from like a psychiatrist saying like the, the the stress is like making the kids sick or whatever just get what you can put all of that in and she told him and she was like and husband you need to write a letter as well for your wife you need to write a letter stating that you know what you're going through with having to be separated from your wife like put all of that in there and send it oh jesus <laughs> he's like all right He's standing at the window and he's just like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. He was like, you know what? We just going to come here and wait with her. Like, we're going to come. I'm going to move down here. We just going to come here and wait for this process to finish with her. But I'm not going to leave her by herself. <laughs> I want y'all to put a pin right there. Okay. Put a pin right there where that man said. 
<laughs> we gonna move out here because we are not gonna leave her by herself okay I just want y'all to remember that because like I said this story has multiple parts and when I dig deeper we gonna pull back from this y'all okay so there's nothing else to do at this point she gives me back all my documents she tells me what form I need to file and that's that now mind you his flight is the next day our flight was actually to fly out the next day I can't fly out and yeah I was born there that's where I'm from but I don't know this place and I don't know these people. So now I'm having to go meet family that I have never met a day in my life. And this is my mom's side of the family. And so my mom had a sister that lived right. So th the embassy is in the capital of Belize, okay? My mom's sister, my aunt lived in the capital and she didn't live too far from the embassy. So when I called my mom, I told her everything that was going on. She told her sister and her sister said I can come stay with her. So now I'm going to go stay with people that are family, but these are complete strangers, complete strangers. Lifestyle is completely different than mine. And I'm grateful that they're letting me in, but I don't even know y'all. And I don't even have my mom here to like introduce us or like have people warm up to each other. And there's not, it's just awkward as heck. I get there and you know, it's like my aunt, her husband and her kids, like she had like two boys and two girls and they were really sweet and welcoming. But her husband is a pastor and they're very like, they're very much into the Bible. At the time, my faith was nothing like what it is right now. Like I believed in God, but having conversations with God, like I do now, I was not at that level, but baby, trust me when I tell you, this experience is what set the fire to this relationship developing. So I get there, yeah, and they're, you know, the husband is a pastor and they're very much into the Bible and, you know, and I'll never forget, he, my ex-husband is now leaving because he has to go to the airport to go and I'm stuck there. I am overwhelmed with emotion. Like I am in a completely different country. I don't know when I'll ever see my kids again. My husband is now leaving me. I do not know these people. I am now staying with strangers. And my world just felt like it just crumbled right in front of me. And I'll never forget we sat on their front porch and they decided to pray for me. But my emotions are just so overwhelming. And my thought, my mind is just going, 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 going. I just start bawling. So... <laughs> They start praying like Heavenly Father, whatever they were saying, right? Yo, as soon as like, I think they put their hand on me and they started praying. And it's like, as soon as I hear Heavenly Father, I'm like, <laughs> I am like crying hysterically. Y'all, it was legit like the Tyrese cry. You know, when he was like, congratulations. <laughs> it was like... I was like bawling like that. Like picture the Kim Kardashian meme where she's crying. That was literally me. That was my face. And I think it threw them off. And they kind of like just paused. <laughs> and I was just like, for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't think that I'm a heathen. Like, you know, like, oh, she... She must not even believe or maybe like, I don't know what they thought of me, but I'm like, I'm not bawling because y'all are praying to God. <laughs> like, I am bawling because what the heck is happening right now? When I say no control over my situation, which I keep telling y'all, I'm a girl that I, I always feel like I need to have some form of control. My hands were 
tied behind my back. My hands were tied behind my back. So I think I'm going to stop the story there. (laughs) And when you tune in next week, we're going to start talking about this whole process of me having to file these papers this process of trying to get these letters on behalf of, you know, my kids and their well-being, their mental health, <laughs> getting my husband to write the letter and what it was like for me to live there. Because if you've ever been to Belize or if you've ever been to any foreign country or any part of the Caribbean, I will say, when you go, you go as a tourist and you tourist people, y'all don't see reality. You see tourist life <laughs> unless you actually take the time to go deep into the city or wherever it, wherever it is where the natives are actually living life and doing life. You're not in reality when you go on vacation. I was no longer on vacation. I was now living and flipping reality and it wasn't pretty. So I'm going to share that that part of the story with you guys and just everything that I went through because my marriage is falling apart. Like y'all, the man wanted to divorce me at a certain point while I was in this process. So let's just wrap this episode up before I keep talking. So I just want to take the opportunity to tell you guys once again, thank you so much for continuing to rock with me. These stories are crazy. They are bringing up emotions for me. So I'm trying to contain myself while I tell you the story, but um, just keep rocking with me. Share these, share these podcasts with anyone that it can benefit. Because again, The reason for this is not just for me to be talking about my life, but for me to share my experiences and what I've learned along the way and share how I was able to overcome and become victorious because baby, we are victorious, point blank period. It doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like right now. You already have the victory and you have to know that. I'm just praying that me sharing my trials, my tribulations and my triumphs is going to bless you, bless someone to continue to persevere and know that you got this you know I can't leave you without a scripture but but before that please give this podcast five stars leave a review for me and I love y'all so much and we'll talk again next week here is your bible scripture Isaiah 41 10 says don't fear because I am with you don't be afraid for I am your God I will strengthen you I will surely help you I will hold you with my righteous right hand be blessed y'all